Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. Who we have with us today is Terry McDougall. Now, Terry has been in the corporate field doing marketing for a long time, but now she is an executive and career coach, author of Winning the Game of Work, Career Happiness and Success on Your Own Terms. Now, she's been helping a lot of high-achieving business owners and professionals who are probably very successful, but not very fulfilled, but not very satisfied. And she's about bringing your professional and personal life, personal happiness together in order to make sure that you find your fulfillment as well. So having said that, uh, let's welcome Terry and then we'll go from there. So Terry, welcome aboard. Hi, Rajiv. Great to be here. Absolutely. So that's an interesting niche you have there, you know, uh, professional fulfillment and personal happiness, the coming together of it. So let's start with uh, your own journey. You know, how has your journey been in the corporate arena? Well, I was a marketer for 30 years before I uh, took a radical left turn and left the corporate field and became an entrepreneur and coach. Um, I was always very serious about advancing in my career. Um, I worked for a few years and went back and got an MBA. I was always reading and just looking to gather more information about how I could be more effective and move up in my career. I hired coaches along the way. And, you know, I think that what I recognized was that a lot of times we're not really given the full picture of what it really takes to advance in the, in the workplace. And I think that a lot of times, I mean, I, this is what I did and I see it with a lot of my clients is that when they're not getting the results that they want in the workplace, a lot of times they'll double down and just like work harder. Right. And as they do that, they just sort of deplete their energy and have less and less energy to do things that they really enjoy. You know, this whole work-life balance equation that people talk about, you know, some people believe in balance. Some people say it's not about balance, but uh, basically working on both your personal as well as professional lives and somehow finding a way where they don't intertwine with each other. What's your opinion on that? Well, I guess my opinion is that we have a certain amount of energy that we can invest in activities, whether it be personal or professional. And some of the things that we do are going to help us generate more energy. So it could be spending time with friends and family or, you know, doing some, doing a hobby or something that's creative that a lot of times when we do that kind of thing, maybe exercise, we feel like we've got more energy to invest. And then there are things that, you know, when we use our energy for certain things, maybe something really stressful at work, that we feel depleted. And I really think that it's about optimizing how you invest your energy. So I'm not here to make a judgment about whether people should, you know, intertwine work and, uh, and their personal life, because I think that each person decides that for themselves. Um, But it really is about optimizing how you invest your energy so that you, you know, get more enjoyment out of your life and your career. You mentioned that you have spent about 30 years in the corporate field and then you made the shift. Mm -hmm. Was there anything to do with the timing of it or was this the next level and the natural progression of your career? 
Well, I think that there were um, a few things going on. I mean, I would say that I've always been entrepreneurial. I, I, um, when I was in business school, I had my own freelance graphic design business that I ran. I've done things on the side along the way. Um, even when I was in the corporate world, I, I considered myself to be entrepreneurial, meaning that like I was often doing new things, trying to you know innovate and that sort of things. I, I I'm somewhat of a risk taker, I guess. Um, so I, I was always kind of fantasizing about <laughs> running my own business. Um, but I, I think a few things came together. Uh, I had been at the job, my last job for 12 years. Um, I had had really four different roles. Uh, my company was foreign owned. I came in at a pretty high level within marketing. So there really wasn't any place to go within the company. And I had no uh, desire to move to the you know, the home country headquarters. Um, I also, the last role that I was in probably wasn't the best fit for me. So I was, I was kind of unhappy. There were some things that were happening at the company, sort of some changes that were going on. And it was just a good time for me to exit. And so it wasn't, it was really my choice. Um, but I was in a position where I didn't have to just go off and get another job right away. And I took some time to sort of and I think of it in some ways as detoxing because I'd spent a couple of years not being very happy and feeling, you know, it took a toll on me. And so I, I spent some time just saying, okay, what do you want to do? I, I actually went and took classes at Second City, the comedy training center for a couple of weeks. And that was really fun. Um, and that these are the kind of things I'm talking about too, that, you know, investing my energy in something that was fun and creative, like gave me more energy. And um, I, I at first was just doing some marketing consulting and I thought, uh, you know, once I sort of had some time off that I would get another job, but I decided to uh, kind of look back over my career and say, what did I like doing and what did I think I was good at? And as a marketing leader, I, I have always felt very strongly that any investment in your people and your teams, you're always going to get you know, something back from that, you know, you're always going to get a positive return on investment when you invest in people. And so I always like to, to mentor and coach. And so I, I decided to get a certification in coaching. And I did not initially think that it would be a full time job. Um, but just going through the training program, which was about six months, I, uh, you know, over the course of that time, I just thought, what the heck, I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs> Because I can always go back and get another job, but I'm not always going to have the opportunity to, you know, kind of start start a business, right? So uh, that was really, I, I finished the training program in 2018 and uh, the, in January of 2018. And that was really when I, in earnest, I had clients before that, but that was in earnest when I really jumped in full, full force. And uh, it's been great. I I love it. I love what I do. And it's been a really fun journey up until this point. Awesome. So <clears throat> let's reflect back on work, right? So you've been in the corporate arena for about three decades. You've seen mm -hmm. the evolution of work as well as the worker. Um, mm -hmm. And with generations changing, you know, there's obviously the current generation is a totally different breed in terms of when you compare it with somebody who started work about 30 years ago. Yeah. What kind of differences do you see? And you know, the, the niche that you're in, the, the confluence of professional and personal happiness, do you see a difference in that between some, someone who started their career 30 years ago versus now? 
In some ways, yes. Yes. I mean, when I think back to, uh, you know, back in the 80s when I got out of college, I mean, I'll just give you this as an example. I worked for a publishing company. That was my first job. And uh, when I took that job at my desk was a typewriter. There was no computer. Right. Um, a few months into the job, there was a PC, but it was like, you know, it, there was no windows, right? You had to program things in to do word processing. And of course there was no internet. I mean, there was no internet for, you know, probably at least a decade after I got out of college. And I think that the internet has had a huge impact on how people view work. And I've thought about this a lot with my own kids, even that back in the old days, you know, when I got out of school, you really had to maintain good relationships with, you know, the people above you, because that's where the knowledge was going to come from. You had to be able to get along with people. You had to prove that, you know, you were worthy of being promoted. You had, you know, if you wanted to be mentored, you had to you know, there was only one place for that knowledge to come from. And that was from other experienced people. And so you learned the social skills, you learned how to interact in that environment. And one of the things that I've noticed, and again, I'm, I've got three kids that are 17 to 23, is that if they want to learn something, they go to YouTube, they don't mm -hmm. ask anybody. Um, my sons are, uh, they're the oldest two, 21 and 23. And probably, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, they were starting to make movies on on the little digital cameras. Um, and, you know, they were going out to the internet to find a, like uh, software that they could edit their their movies on and stuff like that. Back in our day, when we were younger, if you wanted to make a movie, you would have to have access to a camera. Mm -hmm. And even if your family had a video camera, like my parents had like a you know, one of those cassette video cameras, but they didn't let us use it as kids. <laughs> you know, they were too expensive. So the access to the ability to do things is uh, very different than it was. And I think that that's had a big impact on how people interact in the workplace and also their view about um, what's possible. I think that a lot of, you know, younger people, I mean, you know, there's tons of young people that are like, oh, I'm going to do a startup. Nobody was thinking about that back when, <laughs> you know, I, I, we didn't even know what that was <laughs> back then. It was like, you, if you wanted a job, you went and worked for a company, or maybe you might do something on your own, but that was much less common. And for one thing, like, how would you even let people know that you had a business? You didn't have the reach that people have now with the internet and social media and all of that. Even from a choices standpoint, right? So for instance, you know, uh, the older generations, they were very, very focused on their work. Like you said, it was about uh, climbing that corporate ladder, uh, putting, having your head down and showing, mm -hmm. showing that you're worthy of that next level. Today, it's not about levels. Today, they, they have choices. You know, somebody might decide to work or not work. Now the whole gig economy mm -hmm. where, you know, they're, they're interested in what they truly want to do and they don't equate success with money anymore, I feel. I feel like they equate success with experiences and different things that they can do mm -hmm. at this age. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that, um, you know, I, I've, I've talked to a lot of people over the last few years who, you know, they're, they're the, uh, I don't know, what do they call them? The, the 
nomads, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I talked to somebody not too long ago. He's, I think he's Australian, but he lives like in Malaysia or something. And, and I talked to a lot of people that, you know, they're traveling, they're, they're running their business on the internet and they're traveling or even, you know, during the, the lockdown with the pandemic, um, some of my clients that even work in the corporate environment, like, oh, the, you know, they've moved to Florida to move in with their parents you know, because their parents can watch their kids while they're working during the day. Like we just didn't have those kind of options. And in fact, they couldn't even be imagined, right? Because travel was more expensive, Um, access to information was, um, again, like I was saying earlier, so much access to you found out about things because somebody told you about them, or you read about them in the newspaper, you saw it on a TV show. Um, you just didn't have the access to the information at your fingertips like we do today. Right. And what do you think about, you know, right now, like there's, there's this big talk about the pandemic and how it has accelerated remote work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people working from home, which was kind of abhorred about even as recently as maybe 10 years ago. You know, they, people would think that if you were working from home or if you took some time off, you know, you were actually running away from work you know that, that's how everybody else in the yeah. uh, in the office saw it and now everybody's working from home and when this whole thing started people were liking it and they said hey this is great maybe this is what we should do permanently but now there's also this talk about hey i work from home but you know earlier i used to spend x number of hours now it feels like i'm working from the morning to night you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually doing more work and there's there's no distinction between my personal life and professional life. So there's that, that side of the dialogue yeah. that's, that's going on as well. Do you hear some of that with your point? Yeah, I actually have coached a lot of people on, on that during the, the pandemic lockdown that, you know, people are, are saying that, you know, I, there used to be a physical boundary between home and work, right? They got up in the morning and they went to work and they worked while they were there and then they came home. And in some cases, you know, not everybody has a separate workspace to, you know, put their laptop into work. You know, some people have it on their kitchen counter or, or on their dining room table. And, you know, I've had people say to me that like, well, every time I walk by the computer, even if it's 10 o'clock at night, I feel like I should stop and check my email. <laughs> and I just tell them that they need to make uh, more of an effort to create a boundary between home and work. And even though, I I mean, I I think it's driven in some cases by people, you know, fearing that their boss is going to think that they're not working because they can't walk by their office and see them, you know, typing away or on a conference call or something like that. Um, So they want to prove that they're um, accessible and that they're working. But, you know, that that's something that they need to come to grips with in terms of recognizing like, okay. Um, there's going to be diminishing returns if you keep burning the candle at both ends. And, and we all deserve to have some off time. And, um, and I've had other clients that will say, well, you know, my boss, you know, texts me or emails me on, on the weekend. And I said, well, you don't have to answer, you know, and, and you can, you can let them know that I will get back to you first thing on Monday morning. Um, But, you know, the weekend is, is a sacred time with my, my family. Mm -hmm. So your clients, you know, you've been doing this for a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. What kind of clients do you get and how do they find you? Um, Most of the time it's people that have been working for at least um, 10 years. And um, I'm, 
I worked in financial services marketing. I have a lot of marketing and advertising um, clients. I also have a lot of people in financial services. But uh, quite frankly, I have worked with people across all industry areas, nonprofits, pharmaceuticals. <laughs> um, and people find me in a variety of ways. I get uh, clients who are referred. Um, I uh, meet people on LinkedIn. I have people that will, um, you know, sometimes I meet not not now, but sometimes I would be at a networking event and I might meet someone and they, you know, would be interested in exploring coaching and if it's a good fit, we'll, we'll do that. I also am uh, what you call an affiliate coach with a couple of companies. So, you know, they'll go out and get a contract with a, with a corporation to provide coaching to, you know, a whole cohort of uh, their leaders. And then I just get matched with people. So I've got a few different, uh, I guess you could say revenue streams coming into my business. Awesome. And as far as uh, your clientele is concerned, is this more personalized coaching or do you have some kind of a program you put them through? Um, I would say it's more customized to the individual. I've got a framework that I use to kind of walk people through, but people come to me for a variety of different topics. Um, I really work with people in you know, one of three different scenarios. One is uh, where people are at, you know, they're working and, you know, I mentioned like the successful but not satisfied, like they just realize that there's something that's not quite right with what's going on with them at work. And a lot of times we'll work on developing um, skills and strategies that will help them be more effective in their roles. So it could be learning to delegate, learning to be more concise in their communications or, you know, uh, putting systems in place so that they're leveraging their time and energy more wisely um, so that they get the outcomes that they want. I also work with people that are in job search. So sometimes they're in a job and they know it's not a good fit and they they want to figure out, okay, what's the next step for me? I, I also work with people that have been laid off. And then the last um, group is people that are sort of at a crossroads. They're not sure if what they're doing is what they want to keep doing. And people in that last uh, scenario, a lot of times they go one of two ways. Either we figure out like, okay, you need to learn some new skills and they may fall back in love with their job. They might, because they're getting the, the results that they want, or they may know that this isn't the right fit, but I don't know what is. And so in those cases, we'll just kind of delve into uh, their strengths, their skills, and try to figure out how they can repackage themselves and pivot and go in a different direction to a career that's a better fit for them. So your book, you know, Winning at the Game of Work, how did that come about? You know, when I first left my job, I think I had a lot of stuff to process. <laughs> and so I started a blog. And and it was funny because I think that sometimes I would even be dreaming about stuff. You know, I'd wake up in the morning and I just have all these thoughts going through my mind. A lot of times I would just grab my phone and I'd write a blog on it. And after I'd been doing that for about a year and a half or so, somebody said to me, how many words do you think you have with all the blogs you've done? And I said, I, I don't know. I mean, I have a couple years worth of blogs. And so that that prompted me to like cut and paste all of it into a document. And I realized I had about you know, 25 or 30,000 words. And, you know, this guy said, you've got enough for a book. <laughs> and so uh, a, a friend introduced me to this book writing program that I went through and, uh, and the rest is history. <laughs> awesome. And when did you launch, launch the book? 
it came out in April of this year, which unfortunately I, you know, had all these things planned. I was going to do, you know, book signing, book launch parties and all that kind of stuff. And um, the book actually published on April 8th. So no, no book writing or book signing parties. (laughs) Everything's been virtual. Awesome. And then you mentioned uh, that you're also starting a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So what's the, what's it called and what's it geared about? Um, My podcast is called Marketing Mambo and it is about, you know, discussions around marketing. It's not a how-to, it's not going to teach you how to get leads. It's really for somebody like me who had a whole career in marketing. I love marketing. I love talking about marketing. Um, I, and it really came out of a conversation I was having with one of my clients recently who is a marketing consultant. And we were talking about some hot topics within marketing um, that really was about sort of the intersection of marketing and technology. And I was enjoying the conversation so much. And I thought, you know what? I know a lot of people that know a lot about marketing. And I also know that marketing has gotten so broad and there are so many specialty areas that I thought that people would be interested in hearing from, you know, people that do the different aspects of marketing. So marketing analytics professionals or digital marketers or, you know, sponsorship or event marketers. Um, so it's really just going to be about uh, talking to interesting people about the, the topics and the trends within marketing. Awesome. You know, you, your journey from being an executive to a coach the transition part of it. I just want you to reflect back on that. You know, when you decided to make the transition, you know, obviously you structured it, you went through some programs and then, then you started down that path. It's very different, right? So you, you were a, a corporate executive, which, you know, mm-hmm. you're still working for a company, but a lot of uh, your own journey is very predictable with your goals laid out and what you're chasing after and all that mm-hmm. versus now you're going into being an entrepreneur where it's a blank slate and you got to, yeah. you, you got to put, put the picture on it. How was that journey? What were some of the ups and downs that you saw? Um, well, I guess I would say that um, I enjoyed being able to make decisions without cutting through all the red tape, because that's, that's actually one of the things that probably was one of the biggest pain points for me when I left my old job is I'd come up with these great ideas. I would, you know, propose it to the stakeholders, you know, they'd have to have a business case and, you know, we'd have to jump through so many hoops that by the time it got okayed 18 months later, (laughs) I was exhausted. I didn't really feel like doing the work. I felt like I had to work very hard just to do my job. And as an entrepreneur, if I decide I want to do something, I can just do it. Um, the flip side of that is that I do tend to be kind of a shiny object person. And so I'll, I've gone, actually one of my, um, one of the people I interviewed for my book, he said, yeah, I've gone like 10 feet down about 30 different roads. And that's pretty much the way that I've been too. I've explored a lot of different things. And, you know, sometimes I think, well, you know, would it cost me less money? And maybe I would have used my energy more wisely had I been more thoughtful, but that's just how I am. I, I like I like, you know, learning by doing. I like talking with a lot of people. I like trying a lot of different things. You know, I, I certainly recognize that I'd probably be better if I had a little more discipline. And I'm, I'm working to put that structure in place. <laughs> How was this past year for you uh, with the pandemic and everything? It, it's actually been probably my best year, surprisingly. Um, I'd say back in, you know, 
March and April, it was a little, um, you know, it was a little bit shaky, right? But with so many people, unfortunately, um, with so many people being laid off, a lot of my business does uh, come from people who are in job search. So that uh, a lot of people have been in the job search this year. Um, And then also for people that are working, I think that the pandemic has made people really re-examine their lives. And, you know, maybe if they were working and getting up and going to work every day, they never really stopped to think about if they enjoyed it or, or even if they knew that they didn't, they didn't have the time to think about what they wanted to do about it. So I've had some people that have hired me because they're like, this isn't working. I want to do something different. And I think uh, the change in perspective, you know, caused them to decide to take action. Any big plans for the upcoming year? Um, let's see here. Well, you know, launching the podcast is definitely um, a big one. And, you know, typically I, I usually like to plan vacations, but that's really up in the air since we don't know uh, when we'll be free to travel. But I do look forward to when we can, you know, start doing that again. Awesome. You know, if I were to ask you for one takeaway for the listeners, something that, uh, you know, they can take back and Mm -hmm. benefit from in terms of finding personal happiness, Mm -hmm. you know, while you're on the work scene, what would you suggest? Well, the first thing I would say is that your happiness matters. And I think many people will tell themselves that it doesn't matter how I feel. And it does, because it really is going to drain you. It's not going to make life worth the living if you're just, you know, if work is drudgery. Um, Also, you know, sometimes people won't allow themselves to think about what they really want because they come up with all these excuses of why it's going to be difficult to get it. And I will tell people, let's separate these things, right? Allow yourself to dream and get in touch with the things that you really want and recognize that the strategy for getting there is separate. It's going to be two separate things. So, you know, tune in to what you want and start taking some little baby steps to get there. Awesome. And where do people find you? People that are interested in checking out your courses, your programs, Mm -hmm. your books. Yeah, they can find me at my website, which is terrybmcdougal.com. And that's B as in boy. And I'm also on LinkedIn. And my handle is terrybmcdougal. Awesome. Well, Terry, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story. We wish you the very best as you step in on your journey of making more people find their happiness while they're at work. Thank you.